Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show. It's casual, it's casual Friday. So we're casually be talking about whatever the hell we want to talk about, right? We got stuff. We got stuff from yesterday. I don't know. We go through result TP. There was it was weird slates all over the place. So I don't even know what you'd review. The early slate, the mid slate, the turbo slate, the field of dreams, showdown slate, the who knows. There was a three-game slate at the, at, the, at the end. I didn't play that one. I just, I just, I don't know. I took off. I did the eight game in the early, and then I just said, I'm not going to deal with all this crap, right? But uh, but now we got a 14, I believe a 14 game today on MLB. We got, uh, we got, uh, we got the preseason, preseason showdown, preseason stuff on Saturday. Are you playing preseason DFS uh, NFL? I'm not, but I mean, we got, we got stuff. If you're a Roto Grinders premium member, we got, we got some preseason stuff. So uh, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month of a combo premium subscription. And, uh, and we got English Premier League EPL soccer. That starts today. It's a showdown today, but there's a big five game slate tomorrow. I'll, I'll talk about that a little because that's my that's my bread and butter sport. So if you've never played uh, DFS soccer, it, it, it's it's great. It's two hours long. It's ten in the morning tomorrow. Easy sweat, and there's there's only there's forty five minutes halftime, forty five minutes you're done, right? And all the games are on at the same time. You could get the Peacock and uh, USA CNBC. Uh, NBC Sports Network. It's it's all on it's all on TV, right? So we'll talk a little bit about that. A little little refresher on how to play, uh, but uh, but it's typically it's typically all guided. Casual Fridays guided by the guys and girls and whoever in the YouTube chat. So give me those thumbs ups. Give me the thummy thumbs here in the morning and uh, click the subscribe button if you're new here. Click the notification bell to know when we go live. I see uh, AC to two sixty. Whatever. Sterling Wood, Suki Singh, Michael Dampier, Joe Mack, Jerome Lewis, Doug Montgomery, Matt Mears, Eric Hiltfold, Kevin TG, Ronald Coley, Shane Newman, Bluegrass Jeff, who says new. Oh, yeah, we got a new thumbnail, apparently. Right. OK, I, I'm not in charge of the thumbnails. Right. A lot of times I don't even know what even is on the thumbnail. Right. I do shows. I don't even know what the name of the show is. But apparently they like the new thumbnail. Uh, we got uh, Daniel Hutchins here, Bluegrass Jeff, Andrew Garcia, Brian C, whole bunch of stuff. DJA dog. Let's see. Bluegrass Jeff finished third in a single entry yesterday with, with his Arizona stack. Okay. It turns out, I mean, I didn't play that three game slate, but basically the three, the three favorite pitchers all lost, right? If you stacked against the three most popular pitchers, you did fuck. And you played Logan Webb instead. But that's what you should be doing on a three game slate. Right, typically on the little, the really little slates, three, four games, I'm like, okay, who's gonna, who are the most owned pitchers? Like, I'm stacking against them and just like, I'll just keep on doing that. And when one of these days, it'll hit, right? Instead of playing 70, 80% owned pitchers, yeah, you're gonna lose most of the time, right? But when you win, you win a lot. And it, it, hap- it happens more often than you think. So, congratulations. I saw someone, someone tweeted at me, they won the, they won the, 70,000 or something, they won with a single bolt. They won multiple, the multiple large field with one, with one, with one lineup. You could do it with one lineup. Why not? Right. Daniel says Arizona was way under owned in the three game slate, right? Exactly. You play the late, play the under owned teams. Like in the, in the, in the early slate, Marco Gonzalez was like super chalk. So I, I played the Rangers against him. And then Marco Gonzalez puts up 40 points. So. That didn't work out, right? But it, it's likely not to work out. But I didn't play all Rangers lineups. I played, I played range, I had six lineups. I played Rangers in two of them, right? And I played Marco Gonzalez in the other four lineups. So it's not like, yeah, but the Rangers were 1% owned on the slate where Marco Gonzalez is going to be 40 plus percent. So that, that's the easier path for me to win first place. It turns out that Woodruff was the one that you didn't stack against him, but you played Bassett over Woodruff because Woodruff was walking like 17 guys yesterday. But the small slice, like the eight, like eight gamers, you could avoid not, not stacking against like an ace. But a three gamer just took it. Oh, this is the best pitcher play over them. And so 
especially when the other team is cheap and they don't have, to, and they're going to be extremely low owned for the, the fact that there's only six teams on the slate. <clears throat> what do we have on today's slate? Jesus Lazardo, Jesus Lazardo, is he going to be the chalk? Is he going to be the thing? According to the bat projections, he's the highest raw point pitcher over Wheeler as of right now. Who knows? That may change. Adbert Azale, is he all, is the Miami Chicago game going to be a thing? Okay, they're playing at Miami and these teams are awful, right? The Cubs are awful. The Marlins are awful. The total is low. So is that going to be the chalk? Hmm, possibly. Zach Wheeler, if you want to spend up, Zach Wheeler, Robbie Ray, 9,200 at Seattle. That looks good. Blake Snell, 8,400. We got pitchers this late. Yeah. Julio Urias, Jack Flaherty is back. And Jack Flaherty pitched like 75 pitches in like four innings in his like rehab. So he should be, he should be pretty close. He'd be 90 pitches. He should be fine. Charlie Morton. Yeah, we got some pitchers on this slate. Even if we want to go down to like McGill or Molly, they don't project as well, point per dollar or anything. No, we got we got we got pitchers on the slate. What do we got for hitters though? So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the bat stack projections page. See what's going on. Like it's, it's hard to talk about today's slate because the, the, the lineups are out. All right? Who knows if these pitchers are even pitching? We don't. We don't know. Or uh, yeah, because they they didn't press the Orioles up still. They they priced them down. Right? The Orioles, Santander and Hayes and all those guys are still too cheap. Cleveland against Tyler Alexander as a point per dollar play, but that the ceiling wise they they show up pretty high. A lot of times you get the, these really cheap teams that like project well at point per dollar, but like ceiling wise, they're like, like the Rangers, like the Rangers are really cheap, right? So point per dollar wise, they're not, you know, you know, Royals, you know, they're not bad, but their ceilings are suspect. 74s versus up here in, in the 90s. It's the Boston against Spencer Watkins, Braves against Josiah Gray, Tampa against Pineda. Dodgers against McGill. Eh, people may not go there. Brewers against Keller. Yeah, uh, there may not be overwhelming chalk. I think the Orioles. I mean, I think those th those guys will be be owned. There may not be any overwhelming chalk on tonight. So there's nothing that like you gotta play them. It'll be spread out a bit, which to me makes it harder. People think in terms of of Oh, when the ownership is spread out, that means I don't have to care about ownership. Well, that's a bad thing, right? If there's if there's no condense, if there's no condense of uh, ownership, if there's that means the ownership is more efficient, right? So when the ownership is more efficient, it's less of an edge for you to exploit it. So to me, when 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 it's one of those slates where oh everything's going to be spread out, like those are the slates that I don't like. I like it when there's like one or two teams that's going to gain like twice as much ownership than they should. Because then you just, okay, you just move on, move aside and, and you could create so many more plus EV lineups with all the other teams. But when everything is spread out, when everything, oh, the, the hot bone team is going to be 10%. It's like, well, maybe they should be 10%. And the, this other team should be 7%. And this other team should be 4%. And it's like, well, where's the inefficiency there? I want, I want one team to be over. I want two teams to be over. I want a pitcher to be over. Right. I take a look at these pitchers and I go, you know, I, I want Zach Wheeler to be 45% to slate. Doesn't mean I'm going to stack against him. It just means that the other pitchers are going to be lower on than they should be. Is this Clefani going to be 18% on this slate? I don't know about that. Right. That's why you, you can't even go by these numbers yet. None of the lineups are out. It's 11 in the morning. That's why people show up on YouTube. It's like, what, what do you, what, what you takes on the slate? I don't know. I don't even know what the hell's going on yet. Typically, I'm reviewing yesterday's slate at this point, right? I'm not building lineups until six o'clock at night. So I have no idea. I could just look at that first look. It's like, okay, I get a sense. Condensed around a couple of these pictures. Maybe Urias is the, maybe Urias is the, is the move. Right. So many people are going to play Ray. People are going to pay up for Wheeler. And then Urias is sitting there against the Mets. Yeah, he projects lower. 
But for the difference in the ownership, maybe it's worth it. Maybe you play Blake Snell. Is he going to be nine only 9% owned? The seven strikeout prop and having a good game last game? I think maybe he'll be higher. Maybe you take a shot on Flaherty. There are pictures. They're, there's going to be... There's going to be some condensement of like, especially like those Lizardo at 6,700. If he stays up there and he, he becomes owned, that may be, that's, that may be the move. Play the Cubs. What do the Cubs project for? Probably horrible. Yeah. The well, seven horrible. The Cubs are awful. Is Contreras even going to be in the lineup? Let's, let's take a look at that game. All right. Look at these totals. Cubs Marlins. Is Frank Schwindel going to be batting cleanup for the, for the Cubs? Look how, look how awful this lineup is. Bodie, Duffy, Wisdom, Schwindel, Hap, Ortega, Chirinos, Roman. It's like maybe like three major league players in that, that lineup. Then you look over here and Lewis Brinson is batting cleanup. And then, yeah, he, yeah, he's actually had some home runs recently. This lineup is god-awful. Ison Diaz is batting third. All right, you got Aguiar, okay. Miguel Rojas is a, is a serviceable hitter. Brian Anderson, serviceable. Like... They need to play Alfaro and Leon and Magnerius Sierra. It's like 700% strikeout rate. Yeah, but we're going to go like, oh, people are going to play the, the pitchers in this game. And this game will be like 10 to 9. There's a percent chance that that happens. I don't think. Is it worth playing on a 14-game slate? Maybe. If anything, I, I want to see who's, who's more owned and play the stack against them or play the three-man or something against them. If anything. But I don't. I, I but I get why these pitchers may be popular. Look at these. Look at the lineups. These are awful lineups. Let's look in the YouTube chat. Daniel Hutchins won last night. Nerdy tenor managed to win the three thirty three night slate two hundred seventy man despite getting one point six points from Herman Marquez, two points from Machado, and four points from Marte. And he, well, because he played Arizona, all right. And that's the power of leverage, right? They're right. In the small field, you don't even have to be perfect. You knock out some 70% owned pitcher and stand leverage against that, and then, up, oh, you're good. You're good. There you go. You're done. Right? What did that look like? Let's take a look. Is it up? Is, it, is yesterday's up? Oh, we've got the classic three game contest. 333. Here we go. Right. There you go. 20,000. Arizona, 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 Arizona. Right. Who faced Arizona yesterday? What was it? Uh, Darvish? Was Darvish pitching against Arizona? Who pitched against Arizona? Right. Was it Mar Marquez versus Mar Marquez faced what? San Francisco? Right. Well, Barrios got killed, right? Barrios got killed. Yeah, Darvish minus two, right? Right. We can see here. Look, eleventh place had like Darvish in it. But we take a look at Arizona. Two percent Peralta, four percent Pavin Smith, eight percent Rojas, fourteen percent Carson Kelly. I mean, like for a three-game slate, this is low, low ownership. Cronenworth and Machado. Look at this. 66 and 57 percent owned. I mean, it's not so, but these are the small slates like this. You look how look how low the scoring was. Win the low scoring slates. He also came in uh, fourth, right with Arizona. Otani Webb, Arizona five man. Chris Bryant zero. Stories two. Yeah, that, what else do you need? You needed positive points out of your pitchers. In Arizona. And there you go. You're done. What does Forsaken do? See, Darvish. See, look at all these Darvish lineups that are down there. But look, look how chalky this is. Look at this is just for a three-game slate. Darvish Webb, 64%. And look, look, look at the San Diego, San Diego slack stack was like mega owned. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean uh, play you don't you don't play Peacock or whoever pitched for the Diamondbacks. They were they they rolled out a bullpen game, so you couldn't play like the, the pitchers. Well, look, Lamont Wade was 34% on. Yeah, he got 18 points. Cronenworth got 16 points at 66%. So I mean that's still fine. 
But in these small slates, I'm more like I'm way more likely to play lineups like this. Way more likely. You don't have to be perfect, right? Kettle Marte got four points in the stack at 11%. Oh, it still didn't matter. Look, it still didn't matter. There you go. More money for nerdy tenor. That's just what we need. We're not getting that money back. DJA dog 3K, if you're playing college football, which allows you to play two quarterbacks, is there ever a scenario you wouldn't double stack? Well, I mean, uh, there, there has to be a, a scenario where you wouldn't. I don't, pl I don't play college football DFS. I don't know the nuances of that, but I would, I would think you lean more likely to double. If you're allowed to play two quarterbacks, I would assume that you, I'm assuming that you're going to play a pass catcher from both of those teams. I'm going to assume. Unless it's one of those quarterbacks that, like, you know, the option guys, you know, they rush for 500 yards in a game. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we say the same in the NFL with, like, a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray or the Josh Allen. Well, it's not it's not as necessary, no. I've, obviously, I would lean towards that. Is there ever a scenario? Of course, there has to be a scenario, depending on what the lineup looked like, what, what the contest is. Like in cash games, you don't need to because you're not aiming for ceiling. But is there ever, ever a scenario? Yeah, there has to be at some point. It's casual Friday. I don't mind the casual questions. I don't know. I've never gotten a college football DFS question. I'm assuming it's the same score. And does DraftKings have Superflex? Is that is that what we play for NCAA? College football on DraftKings? Is it Superflex? Should be Superflex for NFL. That would be better. Give us Superflex as the main format. Not as like, oh, we're going to make some side contests and have a $5,000 prize. I don't care about that. Okay, so going through. We got, we got, the, we got the baseball slate. We're not going to know. We don't know until lineups come out. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. There's, no, there's nothing to go by. Even the ownership, like who's going to be popular hitter, hitter wise? Indians, Ramirez, Bogarts, Yelich, Low, Boston. It looks like Boston, but that's as of right now. Like who knows? I can't decide this. Then the lineups aren't even out. I think Baltimore is more owned than this. Them so cheap, but we'll see. That's why to that's why uh, the, tomorrow uh, you, you play you play EPL soccer. You wake up. You, you're normally waking up this early, right? You're here for the you're here for the DFS pregame show at eleven o'clock in the morning. All you have to do is wake up a little bit early, right? Wake up at nine in the morning Eastern, okay, and play EPL soccer. DFS. It's a five-game slate tomorrow. And look, if you sign up for Roto-Grinders Combo Premium, which you can click on the link in the description and get $10 off your first month, you get the, you get the lineup HQ stuff with the tags. We don't, we, don't, we don't have like written content. We have everything, everything with the tags for EPL, for Premier League, and Champions League. So you can see like who, you know, Especially this, who's on set pieces. A lot of DFS soccer on DraftKings is focused very heavily on the players that take set pieces, that take the free kicks, that take the corner kicks. Because the DraftKings scoring system awards crosses, chances created, which they call shots assisted, and shots and shots on goal. And a lot of that, especially in the Premier League, comes from set plays where after a foul, after the ball is over the end line for a corner kick, right? And typically most teams have one or two, depending on the side of the field, players that, that are responsible for taking, that have set piece responsibility. 
So that adds to their floor and, and adds to their ceiling as well because those free kicks lead to goals. I mean, they can. That's the whole purpose of them. So someone that's taking corners is going to be automatically getting 0.7 points for the cross, right? And if it hits the head, if, it, you know, the guy goes up a forward or a central defender or whoever in the box tries to head the ball into goal, well, that was a chance created. So now the, 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 the guy that took the corner kick gets 0.7 for the cross and one point for the chance created. And if the ball goes in the net, well, he gets six points for the assist. Right. And those plays happen often enough. So a, a favored team that's going to have a lot of possession may end up with 10, 15, 20 set piece, set piece opportunities, or at least free kicks or something. Sometimes, sometimes it's a free kick, sometimes it's the middle, right? It's 26 yards from goal in the center where a foul gets gets committed. And then whoever takes free kicks is gonna. Try to get it over that wall. I mean, they set up that wall and they try to bend it over. But even, even if he misses, that's a shot. That's a point, right? You're getting that. Even if it hits the wall, that's a shot. If it, hits, if it gets saved, that's a shot on goal. You get another point for that, right? So you could, you could add up these points even without scoring goals and assists. The guys that, that are up top, the, the center forwards, typically don't have high, very high floors. They have the most likelihood of scoring a goal comparison to other players on the field, but they don't do much else. So you'll get some shot. You may, you may have a center forward that in a game where he doesn't score, have like four shots, two on goal, one chance created or something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's getting six or seven points. Maybe sometimes you're sitting, sometimes they're sitting there with one or two points. Yeah, but they're, they're also the most likely to get two goals, right? They're sitting there now with 26, 28 points. So most of it, especially if you're playing cash, if you're playing cash games, you're building your lineup primarily around set piece takers, but even in GPPs, not all of them. You're trying to pair these guys together with other players on the team, right? So you, so you have five games on the slate. And you're trying to like, okay, I'm going to take three guys from Everton and pair, you know, the set piece taker, a forward and another, another player. You hope the game is three, nothing. And all three guys get assists and goals and peripheral points and stuff like that. That's what soccer is built around. So that, that's why if you get Roto-Grinders premium, you'll, you'll know who the, like the set piece takers are. But I mean, if you follow, if you have followed the league, you'll know that anyway. Right. You could also go to whoscored.com and you could see like they, they have the match stats of, you know, all the past matches. And you could see who took corners, how many corners, how many free kicks, how many anything, any, any, how many crosses across the field, any, all the heat maps, if you want. Because the formations matter also. So that's why SofaScore, if you go to SofaScore, it's an app. You can go to the website. So one thing about Soccer is that the starting lineups don't come out until one hour before kickoff. Okay. We could try to predict what the possible starting lineup is. And for the, especially for the bigger teams, they have a large squad. So they do rotate players often. So it's not the tight, like they get, they, they may have 18 good players. And they may not start all the games because they have midweek games, you know, it's rest. They have to, it's going to be a long campaign. Now, if a team's like, you know, Burnley and Brighton, they aren't big teams. They aren't playing in Europe or anything like that. Then their lineups may be a little bit more consistent. Right? So we take a look at Burnley. This is the lowest total game on the slate. So on Burnley, Ashley Westwood and Dwight McNeil kind of take their set pieces. For DraftKings scoring, wide players are typically worth more than central players because of crossing. You can't really cross from the middle of the field. It's not a crossing and you cross to the center, right? To one of these two guys, right? To try to head the ball in or something. But typically the wide players, the wide defensive players, the wide, the wingers are the ones that are, are more, have higher floors than the, the central players. If we take a look at the other side, you know, here's their, their form, predicted possible formations. So you can see here the least valuable players on DraftKings scoring 
are the center backs, the central defenders, and defense central defensive midfielders. Now, Ashley Westwood apparently still takes corner kicks, so he'll get some more, but for the most part, you know, it's more likely to be deeper, not get forward as much. And you don't get much many points for defensive stats on draft kicks. But typically, the guys that are defensive midfielders and central defenders are cheap. Their salaries are low. And every once in a while, they'll show up with a goal. Every once in a while, especially on set pieces, like these center backs, the, the tallest players on the team. So when that corner kick is happening on the other side of the field, they go forward. And they try to head the ball in. But, you know, these guys don't score that often, even on that. Like, you may have, you may have a central defender. There's 38 games in the season, and the top central defender goal scorer has like six goals. I'm talking about for the league, right? So most of the, most of the time these, go, these guys don't pay up, but they're cheap and they can still get a clean sheet bonus. But then you take a look at Brighton, for instance. Oh, different formation. Ah, this is very, Burnley's very classic, 4-4-2. Brighton plays more of a 3-4-3. So you can see here, now they're playing with pretty much three center backs. Right. And, but these, these would be wing backs. So instead of fullbacks, like Charlie Taylor, Matthew Lowton over here, Mwepu and March, more like wing backs. Because because they have three guys behind them versus two, while they'll still have some defensive responsibility to, go, to track back, they'll, be, they'll ha have a lot more freedom to go forward. Right. And then you have the central defenders, the central midfielders here. And then you got, you know, one center forward and two kind of attacking, attacking inside forwards, kind of semi-wingers, right? But this is typically how Brighton lines up. And you have like Everton. Because you could check these when uh, an hour before lock, these lineups will come out. And SofaScore will have, you know, from Opta, the, the formation. Now, a lot of times the first one that they post is not necessarily the most, is, is accurate. You'll, you'll see sometimes SOFA score, well, it'll be 9.01 Eastern, and you'll see like, oh, the, the, the central defender, the guy, Ben Godfrey will be in that spot. And you're like, you, there's no way Ben Godfrey is playing as a, an attacking right winger. Like, he's a central defender. It's like, you know, the, so you wait a couple of minutes and it, and it switches, right? So if you see anything like out of the ordinary, that'll happen. But this is a three, this is a uh, four, two, three, one. So you have two fullbacks over here, defender eligible. You have two defensive or at least deep-lying midfielders. They have three attacking midfielders, two out wide, one in the center, and then a center forward. Right? So the guys that are more valuable here are Dean, Ta Townsend, Coleman, Awobi, and then Gray. And obviously, Richarlison, obviously, center forward is valuable, but has less of a floor. And then for Everton, Lucas Dean, because James is out, James Rodriguez, he was just announced that he's not going to play. He would have been in this spot where Damari Gray is. So Lucas Dean is probably going to take all the set pieces for Everton, which is the reason why he's listed as a core, a core play on uh, for Free My Turtle. Right, if he's going to take a monopoly of set pieces, right? You'll see in the projections. The thing about soccer is that the projections are very, very, like soccer is a very uh, a traditionally low scoring sport. So it's not like you can get these five to three games. Occasionally that happens. So a lot of this median projection, especially for the attacking, like the forwards are very goal dependent. Like, like they're not going to score that median. If we take a look at the forwards on this slate, by raw points, like Timo Werner, Jamie Vardy, Richarlison, Saar, Letla, Calvert-Lewin. Like, like Cal Dominic Calvert-Lewin is, is, is rarely ever going to score 10 points as an outcome. He's going to score four or he's going to score 18, right? A lot of this projection is built on the goal scoring odds. He's going to score maybe... Uh, 45% of the time this game. 45, right. He's probably like plus 180, man, 40, 40-ish percent of the time, probably plus 180 or so to score. 
And a goal is 10 points plus the shot plus the shot on goals. That's 12 total. So 40% of the time he scores 12. Right? How much is 40% of the time? That's like five, five of these points are just on that. Like, on does he score a goal? Does he not score a goal? Right? If he scores two goals, so like ha- more than half of the score is, is, is the goal odds. So when you see Jamie Vardy at 12 for Lester up here, it's like, oh, well, no, he's one of the best players on the slate, right? Point per dollar. Whatever. Like, no, I'd rather, I'd much rather take Dwight McNeil, Pascal Gross, Andros Townsend, like from a, for a floor than Jamie Vardy, even though they project worse. If you just optimize based on this and you go, oh, I'm going to play this as a cash line. I'm like, good luck. Right. You take a look at this, like the, the, you're, you're going to go into double ups and you won't find, you won't half these players won't even be in people's lineups. If you just play by the median projection. I mean, I just take, I just take a look at this and it'd be laughable to have her Charles and Sarah Calvert-Lewin. Even Ver, Werner is even a reach. I think on this slate with Hamez out, I think Werner's going to be, Werner, I, I, I get why you're going to be playing in cash games. So like going by the median projection in soccer, they're too variant. I mean, it's imagine, it's, imagine football if they, if they only play two quarters. So like the peripherals go down and we just, we overweighted touchdowns. Right, picture, picture NFL DFS, but instead of touchdowns being worth six points, Touchdowns being worth 12 points. So it's like, oh, well, I could, I could roster any three of these uh, Cowboys wide receivers, and they're all going to project well. Like, but only one of them is going to score. I mean, only one of them is going to score a touchdown at a time. So that's how I have to view it. For GPP, that's fine. And when you're playing cash, especially if you're playing cash games, are you trying to play, build lineups that have some amount of peripheral floor? Like for GPPs, my GPP lineups don't look all that much different from my cash lineups. Maybe a 3v3 or something like that. Like my cash lineup, like for instance, a dummy cash lineup for this slate would look something like, like uh, let's see. Put Mendy, let's put Mendy, let's put Dean, let's put Bertrand. Let's because I'm probably going to play <laughs> all positions. Werner, Ward Prowse. Let's see, what do we got left? 6,000. Maybe play Gross. Let's, let's see how this all fits in. Tino, how much do we have? 5,500 left? Maybe this. Okay, I'm just. I'm just plugging it in. It's probably not going to be it, but whatever. That's what my ca- a cash lineup, kind of a cash lineup would look like. Right? They're pretty much set piece take, uh, Gross is a set piece taker, War Krause, Matinho set piece taker, Dean Bertrand, Luza, who knows what the Watford's going to do, but if he could be taking their set pieces. Mendy is the highest, you know, the highest favorite goalkeeper. Like so, this would be like a this would this would be a cash type lineup. If you're playing hundred man's, this could even be good enough to win a hundred man contest. If it's a little bit different enough, uh, in a little higher two hundred to three hundred person contest, I, I I could switch out like one of these guys and and be fine. Large field, maybe you're not playing this exact type of lineup, right? try to correlate a, a little bit more, right? If I'm playing Chelsea's goalkeeper, maybe, you know, Reese J, both their, both their fullbacks are going to be fairly popular also. But let's say I play Ben, ben Chilwell, Lucas Dina should be popular, right? So maybe I don't play Dina and I play Chilwell. And instead of playing Werner, I play Havertz. Who's who's a the another forward? I mean, I'm assuming Havertz is going to be in. Havertz, right? He doesn't project as well because he's probably not going to play ninety. 
But if Werner's going to be popular and Dean is going to be popular, like I'm just, if Werner doesn't score, maybe Havertz scores for Chelsea, right? So you build a lineup like that and you pair the Chelsea goalkeeper with the Chelsea defender to get the, you know, both, both will get the clean sheet bonus at the same time. If the game's, you know, one, nothing, two, nothing, three, nothing, right. Got 5,200. Maybe I don't play gross. Maybe since I'm not playing Dean, I'm going to play Calvert-Lewin. Same team, Everton, right? It'll be less popular. And then I pair pair him up with uh, with uh, Townsend. How much is Townsend? 7,300. Okay, that's a little too expensive. Or I play Coleman, right? The other defender, right? So I play three defenders. I still play Bertrand. I have 800 left. Still play Ward Prowse. I, I, I could still do that. And what do we have? We have what? For 6,500? Who could we play in midfield for 6,500? As a solo. Che Adams. Trincao. We could play what? We could play Sar. Right, we're not playing any Aston Villa, right? We could do something like okay. So there you go. So this could be this could be a GPP lineup, right? I'm still I'm still playing Bertrand, still playing Ward Prowse, right? This would be more of a large field type of GPP lineup. Or you could decide to say I'm gonna no, screw this. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play all the Everton, right? You could do something like if Calvert Lewin is in, maybe you play Townsend. He starts, assuming that. And he played and he played Dean. Lucas Dina. And he played Coleman. And since you're going to play both of their defenders, you're going to play, you're going to play for, you know, Everton wins for nothing. So you're going to play Jordan Pickford in goal because they're correlated with one another. Right? The goalkeepers, if they kill, if it's a shutout, a clean sheet, they don't give up any points pickford's gonna get the win plus the five point clean sheet bonus and when that happens coleman gets an extra three and lucas dini gets an extra three the defenders do so i'm kind of like stacking up this game so i basically want calvert lewin assuming he starts and maybe richarlison who knows i want the goals and assists right i want townsend to assist on calvert lewin has a hat trick right he has three goals and one assist from townsend one assist from coleman and one assist from dean Right? And there you go. Ceilings. Right? Then you play Southampton on the other side, right? Ward-Prowse is their set-piece taking, uh, whatever. Everton's going to be down, so that means Southampton has to push even more, so Ward-Prowse is going to be crossing a lot more. So this, is, this is kind of like a game stack type of thing. And then you fill out the lineups with the best play, then whoever, whoever's, whoever fits. That projects well, Right? Right, you play, you play Matini, you play some set piece taker, right? You play Matinho and and Gross. There, there you go. That'll fit. There, that's a GPP line. There's a million different ways you could go. I'm just just the, the, the thought process. You could play what some of these stacking lineups. You could play ones where where you're going for cheap goal. You, you pay up for peripherals. For instance, like if Mount starts. And if, he, if he's going to take all their set pieces, but I'm, I'm not sure, maybe you pay up at all three midfield spots because not many people are going to do that, right? So you pay up for Mount Buendia and Ward-Prowse. And now, now, you, now you have to find some cheap forwards. You hope to find some cheap goals, right? So you look, you look at forward and you go, okay, can someone score up here for, for really cheap? Hopefully someone that is paired with one of these guys, Southampton, how much is Ings? Ings probably isn't that cheap. 7,300. You pair board prowse with Ings. You pair up Wendy. I don't think Watkins is going to start. He may be out. So I don't know who Aston Villa is going to have up there, but maybe play Ings. He's, he's not going to be as owned, right? 7,300 is not that cheap. Maybe have, have a cheap Aaron Connolly, 3,700 for Brighton. You play very cheap forward. Hopefully, he may get a get a goal. At least he plays forward. Now you don't have that much money left. Now you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay down, 
Like now you're not playing any Everton. Like right here, you don't have Dean. You don't, you're probably going to play Bert. Bertrand is probably the kind of the best play of the whole slate. He's going to take all of Leicester's set pieces, right? And then you pay down a goalkeeper. You're like, okay, well, I don't have any Everton. So maybe Southampton actually shuts them out or something. Then you go McCarthy. Put that there. So now you're leveraged by playing Southampton and no Everton. You're leveraged against all the people that are playing like Lucas Dina and Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin, well, whoever's there. They have 5,100 left. $5,100 left at Defender. And you fill that in. I, I believe like, right, you, you correlate. Perot should be 5,100, I believe. I think he's overpriced, but there you go. So you have correlation between the goalkeeper and the defender. There you go. That's that. That could that could be a GPP lineup also, right? A lot of different ways to make these combinations, especially in a five-game slot. You see, I'm not going drastically. I'm still playing set piece takers, right? Mount Buendia, Ward Prowse, Bertrand. These guys are, are like Bertrand and Ward Prowse are going to be mega owned. Mount will be popular. Buendia, I don't know, because because they're just a weird price, the combination on this slate. Like you don't have to just fade your entire cash line if you're playing cash, and also you're probably not stacking six guys from a from a team, right? I see that mistake. Oh, Chelsea's fade, the biggest favorite. I'm going to play, I'm going to play Havertz, Werner, Mount, Chilwell, James, Mendy, and then have two spots that have like 3K left, right? And just punt in two spots. It's like, like good luck. Yeah, that'll work if they score six goals. Sure, okay. How often does that happen? Not often. Johnny Ortiz asks, what is a good over under for a soccer game. Typically the, the median is like two and a half. But two and a half would be the norm, kind of around the norm, two and a half. So if you see a three, that's a higher scoring game. You see a two or leaning, or at least the, the money goes to a two. So like in these, in these games that are happening uh, tomorrow, like there's no game that's over a three. There's none. On this slate, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Chelsea's has the highest implied goal total with two. That's it. So this game's a two and a half, leaning more towards over 2.7 or something like that. And the Burnley Brighton game has a total of two, which is low, leaning towards even under that, right? 1.9. And once we get to Champions League, if you play during the week, when they, they start the European competitions, then you may see some totals that are three and a half, three, three and a half. We may have six games that five of them have over three totals. So they're more high score than the domestic leagues. So yeah, two, two and a half is medium. You're not going to find, you're not going to find totals of four, five, six, you know, you're never, you're never going to find that. You may find some fours. In, in Champions League, you may find some fours. It's PSG versus whoever qualified out of, out of Denmark, you know, like that type of, right, the, the, the lowest-seeded team. And it's PSG, so they, they have Messi, Neymar, and, and Mbappe, right? Bayern versus, you know, you may see fours. And anything over that, you'll never see in, unless it's uh, – international qualifying competitions not not the club teams the the uh, the national teams where it's like oh it's it's france versus uh cyprus right it's france it's uh it's england versus uh malta right some like small island and the, the, the total seven and it's not seven because the game's going to be like four to three it's seven because it's expected that england's going to beat them seven nothing Right. But you don't see that in, in, in the club. You're not going to see that in the Premier League. 
you may you may see one for the entire season and it'll probably be like man city or liverpool versus whoever the lowest team in the league is even then it probably wouldn't barely would be four be like three and three quarters then sometimes you see like one and three quarters sometimes you know like that burnley that burnley uh brighton that that's that's towards the bottom but hey Burnley Brighton could still be a two-two game. It's, it could end up being that. It all comes down. It all, a lot of this all comes down to when the first goal is scored. The longer it goes without a goal, the more likely it sticks to whatever the kind of expected game script is. But like, if the underdog scores like early in a game, especially if they're away, they're most likely going to lock down. Right. So now the favorite team is going to be allowed to have a lot more possession. So if you're playing, if you're playing the underdog, you have the underdog set piece taker. You don't, you'd, you'd rather them be behind truthfully. The and if the favorite team scores first, that may not change all that much, but if they score twice early, well, that means that the underdog team or whoever, whoever's behind by two goals can't play as defensively. So now the game starts opening up, right? So once the first goal gets scored, the game starts opening up. So if that first goal doesn't get scored until the 71st minute, who knows how much open play value the, the game is. But if it gets scored early, so that it could change everything, right? This Burnley-Brighton game. Burnley's content on sitting back. That's how they play. We're going to sit back, allow you to have all the possession. You could cross as many times as you want. We're just going to pack the box park the bus and play for a one nothing win. They're going to counter. They're going to get a set piece. They're going to try to win that way. You score on Burnley did three minutes in. Well, they, they can't just do that the whole game. They're already down by one goal. So it could change everything. It's very similar to NFL. Oh, this team's favored and blah, blah, blah. This is what should happen. Third play of the game. There's a fumble and run back for a touchdown. Now, now one team's already down by a touchdown two minutes into the game. And then there's an interception, and then there's a block punt, and then something. Oh, now they're down two touchdowns. Oh, but I, I thought this team was going to – like, it, it changes everything. So it's very similar in soccer. Alex Santi, if you see a two, which is a total of two, do you do you certain positions get elevated? Well, obviously, the defensive positions. As far as clean sheets – Goalkeepers, clean sheets. Obviously, the ceilings of the forwards go down, but you could already see that with the anytime goal score counts. You could look on a sports book. Sports books, most sports books have what's called anytime goal scoring. And just look at the forwards of those teams. We'll say plus 145, plus 185, plus 215. Typically co corresponds somewhat with the, the total. But yeah, like the like the Brighton Burnley game tomorrow is probably not the game that's most likely the one that you play th th four guys from. From a peripheral perspective, the, the players could still score a good amount of points, but from a ceiling perspective, goals and assists, it's going to be lower. So, like, it's possible in this in this Burton Bryant uh, Burnley Brighton game. If these are the lineups, like Chris Wood and Neil Mopai, like have lower ceilings because it's, it's predicted that they'll be less scoring in this game, right? Which also means that the ownership of these players goes down. Okay, so it's not just oh you don't play these guys. It's like well, what happens if they're two percent owned? Well, they've still got more than two percent shot at scoring a goal or two, even in the lowest scoring game. So yeah, you have to compare that to ownership. But it doesn't mean that these Brighton players can't score poor. Solly March could have 12 crosses this game. Four chances created. Two shots on goal. I mean, he could Solly March could maybe get 16 points without a goal or assist. Pascal Gross could have double-digit points, right? Some of these guys, Trossard, Mwepu, if he's a defender eligible, I don't think he is. Plus the clean sheet, right? You know, like if he was defender eligible here, I'm not sure if he is. He could end up with five crosses, two chances created. He's sitting there with, you know, eight points for 
fairly cheap. They could, I mean, the, the people can still score points, peripheral ones. Their ceiling, as far as goals and assists, maybe lower. There are plenty. There are plenty of times that I, there are plenty of times that I've done extremely well in GPPs, or especially in small field, with like one goal in my life. Right. You know, the entire slate, not ten goals get scored. I only have one of them in my lineup, and I still win. Depends on who scores the goal. We have substitutes that come on and score. You know, like one of these center backs score and like no one has them, right? Especially the underdogs, right? Like if, if Crystal Palace, right? Crystal Palace will be the lowest owned team on the slate because the biggest underdog. Right, if, if, if Ch- Ch- Coyote, right? One of their center backs scores a goal, like not, like you, might, you, may, not, you may not even worry about. It'll be less than 1% owned. So maybe maybe no one, then you're not going to need it. You don't even have to worry about it. Johnny Ortiz, that's why on FanDuel, these terrible scoring teams have their defensive players priced up. Yes, I'm completely talking about DraftKings scoring. FanDuel is completely different. If you're just if you're playing on FanDuel, ignore everything that I've said. FanDuel and DraftKings are absolutely and utterly different for DFS soccer. I'm just talking DraftKings. FanDuel, there's no crosses. There's no shots unless it's on goal. And they have, a, but they weight defensive stats too much. So a lot of times the best defensive players are the ones that are on the worst teams because they're going to clear more shots, more shot attempts and cross attempts, which makes no sense. Their team could give up, Crystal Palace could possibly give up four goals and and Coyote could be the highest scoring defender on the entire slate. How does that make, without scoring a goal, just 14 clearances, four tackles, one because because the team is constantly going to be having to be defended, right? That's, That's the point. DraftKings doesn't award those statistics. It's really the defenders, a tackle one here and there, pass interception which is a half a point here and there and then clean sheet like the clean sheet for the center defenders without the clean sheet a lot of times you know because they get minus points for fouls for cards and stuff a lot of times that they're sitting there with one point that's it if they get the clean sheet that's four now oh okay that's why their price so low Right. If you're playing on FanDuel, it's completely different. I think the FanDuel soccer product is off. Uh, that's why I don't play it. Eric Hillpold, what is a clean sheet? A shutout. Meaning that the team has given up zero goals. Because in soccer, like soccer, soccer is as old as baseball. So we use the same type of terms. A clean sheet. They used to have score sheets like a piece of paper that they write down who scored the goals. So if your sheet is clean, right? You kept the clean sheet, it's blank, which means you've given up no goals, shut out. So that, that, that's what that means. So on DraftKings, you get a bonus. The goalkeepers get five points and the defender eligible players that have played at least 60 minutes in the game get three points, which means they're correlated to each other, which is why in almost every soccer lineup that I play in GPP, I will have a defender and a goalkeeper together. You could play two defenders and a goalkeeper together, but I make it a point to do that because, because I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for ceiling scores. So why not take that extra correlation? A lot of times I'm playing a goalkeeper, defender, and a forward, hoping that a fullback, not a central defender, a fullback, a wide defender, hoping that the wide defender crosses it to the forward. So a lot of times, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to play, uh, let's see. Let's take a look at uh, who? Wolves? That's a, Let's take a look at Wolves. If I were to play Raul Jimenez up top, 
Jose Saw. We're playing like Semedo, assuming he's in, right? They don't project all that well, the Wolves, but something like this. Semedo plays wide. We see on Wolves' starting lineup. Well, that could be project, projected, right? Semedo and Marcal, right? So what I want is these wide guys are the ones that cross the ball the most, that get forward and do stuff. So I want Semedo to cross the ball to Jimenez and Jimenez puts it in. And the game is one nothing, or maybe he does that twice, hopefully, right? It's one nothing. So Jose Sa gets the clean sheet and the win. So he's sitting there with 10 points plus his saves. Semedo gets another three, and that's all correlated with one another because the win points for the goalkeeper are correlated to goal points from the folks. The more goals that Jimenez score, the more likely Jose Sa is the winner and gets the five-point win bonus. So you see, I want to correlate everything together. They're not like they're not like 0.9 correlations, but they're, they're, they're strong correlations. So a lot of times I'm building like this. Or maybe, and if you want to stack even more, you're playing like you're doing like Trincao, right? You do something like that. You go, I want to capture, I want this game to be three-nothing. And here are the, here where the goals come from. Semedo to Jimenez, Trincao to Jimenez, and then Trincao by himself, right? And these are the guys, right? And then you fill out the rest. You're kind of picking teams, but you're not stacked. Like you're not, you're not, you never do that. You, you rarely ever do this, right? You're rarely ever going to be doing stuff like this. Where's Markel? Is Markel going to start? Is Alt Nuri going to start? Where are these guys? Hover can start. Right. We have Hover in. Like you're rarely ever going to do this because you obviously have to, you have to play three teams. So the most you could play in your lineup is six. But you're rarely ever doing anything like, oh, I'm just taking six guys from a team. It's going to be very. It, it, how are you winning a GPP unless they score so many, so many goals? Because you're going to have some of these guys that are going to sit there. If they don't get they're not involved in goals or assists, they're going to be sitting there with like, Trincao could have what, six points. Well, I mean, yeah, that's not bad, but someone's going to outscore him at 6,400. You're going to rather him not here, especially on a five game slate. It's just like any other sport, two game slate. This is more viable because there's only so many options. So I just, I'm going to stack a team and hope for the best. Five game slate, eight game slate. Like, dude, you're not, soccer doesn't have this many goals in it. Often. Probably not from Wolves, though. But I mean, you're rarely going to, you're rarely ever going to see six from one team being the winning GPP lineup. Rarely. In a domestic league game. So even Man City, I've stacked Man City before. And even then, I think I stacked them and I had five of them. When I won the the small the high stakes GPP that week, I think I played five. And I just don't think that was a I think that was a two game slate or three game slate anyway. It all depends on the size of the slate. Man City is more likely to put up six goals in a game than Wolves are, and then you have a three you have a two or three game slate, and who else do you play? There's like, I'm just, I'm just going to play all of them. I just hope everything goes through everything. And anyone that played anyone from the other side, any from other games wouldn't have mattered. So that's what, that's what I did that slate. But on a five game slate, even if man, if man city was on this slate against the worst team in the league, I still, I, I still wouldn't play six of them. DJA Dog 3K, do you think showdowns will have softer action than classic slates? I'm intrigued, but you always talk about how sharp the sake lobber is, which makes it leery to play. Uh, the, the cash lobby is sharp. I didn't, I didn't say anything about the G, about GPPs. You're playing GPPs? Good luck, though. There's plenty of bad lineups in GPPs. Tons of bad lineups. There are tons of bad lineups in the soccer GPPs. If you're, play, if you're playing $5 and up double ups, you're playing $5 and up head-to-heads, I think it's the sharpest lobby in all of DraftKings. 
I don't know what's what goes on at the one or two dollar. I have no idea. I haven't been able to see that in two years. Maybe it's soft down there. I don't know. I can't see it. But for the GPPs, no. Well, go for it. But you're not going to see many people make mistakes in higher stakes cash games. You're not going to look at lineups and go, "What the? What is this guy thinking?" GPPs, you could find some. So there, there's a get your feet wet. I want I want to introduce some DFS soccer to you people. So I'm trying to rustle up, to, you know, I, MMA, right? Talk about that. The same concepts that come from MLB, that come from NBA, that come from NFL. They still they apply to soccer. They apply to MMA. They apply to PGA. There's certain things are more important than others, depending on you know obviously how 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 the game. The, the the DFS game, right? MMA is six. Imagine if you had to roster seven fighters or yeah, or a different scoring system or a different, then well, maybe you can stack them. I mean, like, like it all depends on how the how the actual DFS game is scored and how the context the contests are done, how the ownership is. But but they're they're all the same concepts. Like in MLB, you'd stack a TR MLB. You play five guys from a team. You stack five, three, and you blah, blah, blah. Well, soccer, you don't because the correlations between the players are lower. Correlations between the players and MLB are higher. You're still using correlation, right? Those three levers, projection, leverage, correlation. It's the same thing for all, for all the sports. Just how does it apply to that specific sport? That's why I showed you goalkeeper, defender, forward goal, you know, like you, you, you there's some amount of correlation, but there are plenty of lineups that you could win with just do 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 do, do you go like well, there's, no, there's no stack and you got you just get just get the three guys. If there's three guys in the slate that get two plus goals, just have all three guys do it. And then you maybe depending on how old they are, you may be fine. You win. There you go. As long as you score enough points in the rest of your lineup, you're fine. If tomorrow Neil Maupai has a hat trick. Four percent owned, five percent owned, and uh, Raul Jimenez has two goals at six percent owned, and and Werner and and uh, doesn't score or anything like you know like Chelsea gets you know one goal gets scored and it's from N'Golo Conte, right, a defensive midfielder. Like Chelsea failed, and you got you got you got five goals from two five percent owned players. You could, you could maybe have a zero in your lineup. <coughs> so you could win that way. Just like you could in football. Oh, if you have the two 1% owned guys that have 150 yards and three touchdowns, yeah. How often does a 1% 1 owned guy end up with that, that big of a productive day? But it happens. And you could play it for those. Same thing for MLB. Oh, you could play all one-offs. Yeah, sure, you can. Now, how, how predictive, how... how much of a system you could have to, for the, to be profitable long-term doing that way, probably not. So you'll take the benefit of the correlation. So just like in soccer, I want to take the benefit of the correlation as much as I can. But soccer is much, much more volatile of a game, yes. But the set piece takers are much, much more stable. And that's why on DraftKings, at least, those are the players that you should be gravitating around. Doesn't mean you play all you, all of them. You have you only play set piece takers, and that's it. Like no, you're pretty much playing set piece takers, forwards with, that are closer to goal, and fullbacks, the wider defenders. That's typically what DFS soccer and DraftKings is built around. It doesn't mean a defensive midfielder can't come out of the back for 3,500 and score a goal. Yeah, but they'll only score three goals the entire year. Good luck figuring out which of the three three games he's going to score this year. But if you got him in a punt, oh, I need a punt play. There you go. I need 12 points. Oh, that could happen also. So it's high variance. So click on the thumbs up button. Give me the thummy thumbs on your way out the door. We got a 14-game slate. Uh 14 games late tonight, right? Because the the, the, the the cornfield teams that aren't playing today, right? So uh, 
So yeah, so click on that uh, subscribe button if you're new here. Join the soccer stuff tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, right? 9 a.m. Eastern when the lines come out. And uh, you could join uh, Roto-Grinders Premium. And, and I'm, I'm always available in the, in the Discord. And you could go to the soccer channel. We have an SOC channel. And Alex, Fear My Turtle, and Sean, PSU fans, they're in there, right? They, they do the soccer projections and the tags. So click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And, and, and join up. But we got Grinders Live. Grinders Live later today. Crunch time for premium members. And then uh, then I'll be back. I'll be back on Monday. I think James, James will be back on Monday. So everything's back to normal. Like it normally is. Mondays through Fridays. At 11 o'clock Eastern. For the DFS pregame show. On rotogrinders.com. <laughs>